0: Hello and welcome to a Saturday, September 25th edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer and editor at LeBronWire.com, also a writer at other places as well, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbia, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On podcast network. Welcome back to the show. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope that if you were out there looking for deals out there in the real, in the IRL shopping space or online that you you got the deals that you wanted. I know that I, uh, I bought an Xbox uh, on Black Friday. I haven't had an Xbox in like 10 years. So, uh, you know, once I get that, set it up, if any of you guys want to play 2K or something, you know, hit me up. We'll, 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 we'll do it. We'll play some games. Uh, very excited. I don't have a gamer tag yet either, so uh, TBD on, on that stuff. But uh, regardless, I'm excited to get back in the gaming, you know, land. I miss FIFA. I miss 2K. I miss Madden. I played the new Call of Duty the other day. Super fun. But... Uh, I'm excited. So whatever you wanted on Black Friday, whether it was gifts for other people, gifts for yourself, hope hope that you did uh, you did get that. And the Blazers, I think, also gave you a nice Black Friday gift. They won in I wouldn't say impressive fashion, but they won uh, 127 125 over the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, and. Uh, Damian Lillard led the Blazers with 34 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, but Yusuf Nurkic with some major buckets late down the stretch in this one. Nurkic, 29 points, 15 rebounds, 4 blocks, atoning a little bit uh, and and finishing the game down the stretch against the Nets, unlike what happened when the Nets were in Portland where they went super small. They kind of neutralized him a little bit in that fourth quarter. Terry Stotts decided to go with Ed Davis instead, and the Blazers didn't pull out the win, lost it home to the Nets, and that was kind of a, oh no, kind of moment, but Nurkic comes back this time, 12 of 19 from the field, real big game from Nurk, uh, and, and, and just... This is why, you know, you give him the ball you and and you let him play. You got to let him play through this stuff. He's still young. He's still working on his game. This guy is not a finished product in the least. And uh, I think it's, it, this is just more growth for him. And last night was a big game and he, he's ready in the moment. He's ready in the clutch. And Uh, you know, those games against Denver kind of show that. And and this game, when he was in there in the clutch, he delivered. And so uh, good to see Nurk with the big game down there. And also uh, not surprised to see C.J. McCollum bounce back, but good to see it nonetheless. 26 points, 5 assists, 10 of 19 from the field after his 1 for 14, uh, 1 for 15 game against the Philadelphia 76ers, I think we all knew that that was going to bounce back, and that was kind of a one-game aberration because, you know, C.J. McCollum is an all-star caliber player at this point. And it, it was tough. You know, the Blazers were down a little bit down the stretch here, and it, it, it looked, I know some people said they kind of stole that win. I guess I'm not going to ever use stealing a win in reference to this Nets team. They play hard. They play fast. They shoot a lot of threes. But they're not better than the Blazers. The Blazers are the better team. And so that is generally where I start talking about stealing wins. They're not better than the Blazers. So uh, the Blazers got a win that they should have had. That is how I'm looking at last night's win. They get a win that they need to have on this road trip. And uh, they play Washington today in the nation's capital. And Washington is going to be without John Wall today. Uh, Wall had a PRP injection in his knee and is going to be unable to play uh, for the next two weeks at least is what the the Wizards said today in, an, in a release. And so now Portland with a really nice opportunity here to get a win against a, a team that they are, again, better than. Uh, there's The Wizards without John Wall are not the Washington Wizards that we know. And Portland has had trouble in Washington in years past, whether the Wizards were good or bad. Because John Wall is so good, Bradley Beal is still a really solid player. But you know, with Wall out, they're going to be relying on Tim Frazier, uh, friend of the Blazers, and uh, Thomas Sodoransky uh, to run the point for them. So Portland should have an advantage here uh this game is going to be at four o'clock local time, seven p.m. on the East Coast. After you watch a lot of football, I'm sure it's going to be a nice little dessert. And the Blazers right now are at 11 and eight with the win, and Minnesota continues to struggle. They cannot find it on the defensive end right now. Jimmy Butler's calling them out in the press, and the Nuggets are going to are without Paul Millsap. The Thunder are struggling to win games late. And Portland right now is fourth in the Western Conference. And writing the number three defense, their offense is, is, is not quite there. But they're only a half game back of San Antonio for third in the West right now. And this is all while Alfredo Kaminu is still out. And to, I mean, I, I don't know how, I, this is almost, it's almost shocking to me talking about this in this way. And, and just say those things that come out of my mouth. If, if you had told me before the season started that the Blazers would lose Aminu, but right before he comes back they would be 11-8 and eight and half game behind the Spurs for third in the West, I would have, you know, it would have been, there's no way that that's happening. But uh, that's what's going on right now. The Blazers are, are taking care of business and again... This defense, you know, they didn't play very good defense last night, and I think part of that is due to the fact that they played a team that plays hard, plays fast, runs in, and runs and guns. But th- this defense has, has been really solid, and this is, is something to build on. And, I, again, I think the offense will continue to come around. I think Aminu will help set things into the places that they need to be when he gets back, I think he he allows a lot more freedom for everybody else on the roster to kind of do their thing. I think it frees up Harkless to, you know, not have to guard the best guy when he's out there all the time. He can use his energy for those cuts and and pin downs and all that stuff. And Harkless uh, got benched also in this game. Uh, it, it should be stated, Mo Harkless getting benched after some comments in the media saying that. You know he's just out there. He's playing defense and running, and 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 only three guys. You know we play through three guys, uh, pretty much voicing his frustration that he was never touching the ball. And uh, while you know Terry Stotts isn't going to say that he benched Mo Harkless because of this statement, I think it's pretty fair to say that maybe it's either you know Stotts wanted to find some some extra offense to jumpstart the offense for their team, and so he put Pat Connaughton out there, who's been a really solid 3 point shooter this year. Or maybe he just wanted to say, "Hey Mo, like maybe 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 we're not the problem. Maybe maybe everyone else isn't the problem. Maybe maybe you need to do something else and and earn your way back onto the court. And you know, whatever's going on there, I think it's it's fine. I think it, it will resolve itself. I don't think Terry's going to lose Mo. Mo played hard. He still played. It wasn't like he was benched altogether. Uh, but I do think it was uh, a little, um, I, there was definitely some tension there after what Mo said, because Mo was basically coming at the structure of the team and, and that they only play through three guys. But, you know, frankly, that, that's where the NBA is a lot of, on a lot of teams, you know, everyone touches the ball, but not everyone shoots the ball and, and and that sometimes can be hard. And and I think that's one a lot of the models that a lot of people are going to these days. You look at Houston, you look at, you know, Oklahoma City. You look at the Timberwolves. You you know, you look at all these teams that have, you know, marquee guys that kind of lead the way for the team. And Portland has a big three. You know, they have Nurk and Dame and CJ. And, you know, sometimes You can get lost in the shuffle as an ancillary player, 3 and D guy, which Harkless kind of is, but, you know, Harkless found some ways to cut, Nurkic found him a couple of times yesterday in the game, and I think he just, you know, cannot be discouraged, he can't be looking for threes, can't be looking for isos, you know, I know he'd like to work the ball off the dribble, and he, he has improved that this year, but... You know, it, it, I, it's not really what this team needs, I think, to get to the next level offensively, but he needs to do a lot of the stuff that he did yesterday, and that's cut to the basket, make himself available for passes, and do those little post-ups on smaller wings when he gets the matchup, and And I think that that will come around, and I think eventually, once Aminu gets back, I think Aminu and Harkless will be back in the lineup, but you know maybe not maybe snots wants to tinker and mess around a little bit to try and get some more offense because the offense is right now they're 18th in offensive rating in the NBA and 3rd in defensive rating which again just you know pinch me uh that the blazers are 3rd in defensive rating it doesn't seem real but they are and this is this is the best position that they've been in at this time of year in the last three years. They went 11 and 20 the last two years and they've already got 11 wins in 20 games. So, or 19 games, excuse me. And they could get to 12 very easily with, it is a back to back, but a a Washington team that doesn't have their best guy. And, it's a completely different game when John Wall's not out there because he's one of the best transition players in the league. He can beat you down the floor by himself with the ball in his hands, which is something that I don't think anybody else in the league can do really that way. And that takes one less thing for the Blazers to worry about, and now they can focus on Brad Beal, focus on keeping the, the Wizards off the glass, and, and and just focus on a lot of the other things that the wizards can do well sometimes to, to to get this win so i i think they're in great shape right now uh to get that 12th win again that game is at 4 pm pacific time so it's about nine right now so that's a few hours away still but should be uh, uh it's a really good opportunity here for portland and should they win that game they'll they'll move into uh, they'll be tied basically with San Antonio. And San Antonio has a game at home tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. If the Hornets will lose that game, then Portland will be in third outright for the time being, which uh, would be pretty awesome, pretty special for them, uh, at least early in the season and before they even get Al Farouk Aminu back. And Aminu was out yesterday against the Nets. Perhaps he comes back. Since maybe they don't want to start his comeback on a back-to-back, that, that could have been a reason why they didn't play him. So we'll see. We'll find out if he goes tonight. But Portland uh, really in a good spot, in a much better spot than I think anybody could have imagined when you talk about losing Al Farouk for a couple of weeks. And I know you're in a good spot with Locked On Blazers, but check out everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network. We have tons of stuff for you on the network covering all the teams in the NBA. It's awesome. It's a great network. Tons of great information and great insight from across the league. So uh, be sure to check out everything on Locked On on the Locked On Podcast Network, NBA, NFL. We have it for you. Be sure to check it out. So as I mentioned, the Blazers are third in the league in defensive rating but they've unleashed a different lineup over the last couple of days that has really helped you know get their offense into another gear than they really haven't been in for much of the season and it was it's a little I think Terry's uh Going a little Rick Carlisle esque here, you know. I know he's a he's a Carlisle guy. He him him and Carlisle are really close friends. They work together in Dallas, and I've noticed this a lot when the Blazers play Dallas or when I see Dallas play, is that Rick Carlisle has no problems going with three point guards at once on court to try and get the offense started. Uh, you know, like team like back in the day, Devin Harris, JJ Barea, and you know, another—I'm—I'm I'm blanking on the third guy, but it's like you would play both of those guys and another guard and another point guard, and and you just let it fly and run pick and rolls and have them all over the court and 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 create. And Shabazz Napier didn't even have a good game individually yesterday, but once again he was on the court in the closing in during closing time and finished with a plus ten, even though he had five points on one of six shooting and went 0 for three from three. When Shabazz is out there, the Blazers have been playing fantastic basketball, and Shabazz's defense, you know, his size does not, uh, does not make you think of a defensive stopper, but he's really getting into guys. He's really getting low to the ground, defending, and, and being hungry out there, and that is huge for them because that makes so that the tone that the Blazers set of defending that they have been doing all year, they don't lose it by going small, and... On top of that, their offense is a lot more effective. And so uh, the lineup that you know Portland has been using a lot lately, uh, their best lineup really right now has been Shabazz, CJ, Dame, Mo, and Yusuf Nurkic. They are outscoring opponents by 32.8 points per 100 possessions in 19 minutes of action. They have a 133.5 offensive rating, which is off the charts good. And their defense has been very solid at 100.7, not that much different than their overall defensive rating, which is right now third in the NBA. So Shabazz is slowly becoming part of this rotation, and I... I wonder. I don't. I, you know. I think it could be matchup based, but I really do wonder when, if, when or if Stotts is going to go away from it. And and I know that Aminu being out plays a factor here, but they have really played well with Shabazz and Dame and CJ on the court together. And this, you know, could be something that they they keep on going with. And and you know, Evan Turner has kind of been missing some shots lately. He had a tough game last game, but. I think they're still going to stick with him, his size, his defense. is a big reason why the Blazers have a good defense, and I think he'll eventually find his groove again. He just – you know, this is just one of those lulls right now for his shot. But uh, you see Terry when when Evan Turner's having a cold streak, he's turning to Shabazz late in games as that other ball handler, as that guy that can help CJ and Dane get out of situations because the Blazers really don't have that guy other than Turner. You know, they have – lots of wings that can create that can defend, lots of wings that can knock down shots. Lots of athletic guys out there on the wing, but they don't have other than Turner. They don't really have another guy that can be on the wing, dribble the ball and and make a play when the defense is zeroed in on Damon CJ. And with Shabazz out there, they've really been able to have a lot of success with that. And can it work against every team? You know, maybe not. But it's working for the Blazers right now, and that's all that matters. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it again tonight when they face the Wizards. They uh play a lot of guards and and, and I think this is going to be a staple in this lineup for the rest of the season. May not be every game, but can definitely see it coming into becoming more of a regular thing. And Shabazz has has really been stellar uh in that role as that third guard and playing alongside damon cj and again the thing that i'm really impressed with is the defense that that they're playing out there and that is it's not just they're jacking up a bunch of shots and scoring a bunch of points and and giving up a ton of points they're they're playing good balanced team basketball with those guys out there and uh that has been the trend lately for this Blazers team is that, you know, they've gone to that look. They've gone with Shabazz, Dame, and CJ. And that has been the most consistent thing for them over this the this stretch of play here uh, has been CJ, Dame, Shabazz, Nurk. You know, th- those guys have been really solid for the Blazers. And you're seeing this team grow. You're, you really are. And sometimes it's easy to forget that how young this team is. I think they came into the team. They were the youngest team in the playoffs last year. One of the youngest in the league this year. And it's such a stark contrast for me coming from watching Cleveland a lot. And, you know, I watch every Cavs game now and then watching also every Blazer game. And, you know, the, the youth of this team, but also you see the growth. You see it. And, and that, is the, that is the fun part of a young team that you can see those those grow, those growing moments. and and I think this this start to the season, as a whole, these first, 1920 games, has been a, 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 a stretch of growth for the blazers. And they had adversity. You know, they had people calling for, you know, stupidly calling for Terry Stotts's job., uh, you know, you had all those things. you had late game losses. And, and they're still here at 11-8 and eight with the third-best defense, and they're finding ways to win in different ways. They're using different lineups some nights. They're, Terry Stotts is, is plugging and playing guys at the right time. And I think this team is really, really growing right now. And this first 20 games, for me, has been a reminder of still how far this team can go and how much better they can get because – And also a reminder that continuity is huge. It still matters in the NBA. And I know that uh, even people like, definitely like me, who was riding the Carmelo bandwagon with Corbin Smith, trying to get him here, uh, which we'll talk about that. There was some news the other day about that. But, uh, you know, the continuity here, these guys are growing together. And even without Aminu, they're figuring out ways to win. And last year, they were without a paddle, without Aminu. And so... To see this growth from the Blazers, I think these first 20 games have been a success, uh, have been a roaring success, in my opinion. You know, if they lose tonight, I'll probably I'll probably change my tone. But uh, this Blazers team has really done a nice job so far this season. And even if they lose, they're still in a better spot after tonight's game than they were at this time last season. I mentioned. Carmelo Anthony and the the bandwagon of Carmelo Anthony and when he was uh, looking for a trade he apparently had a list and he expanded it Portland was not on it but apparently had the Knicks not found a trade Carmelo Anthony would have been interested in coming to Portland and that was according to the New York Post's Mark Berman reporting that yesterday that mellow would have eventually found his way to portland had oklahoma city not figured out a way to get into the mix and get him there and you know maybe it wasn't all bad but it would have been fun it would have been fun but where the blazers are right now it seems like they're in a better spot than the thunder the thunder are still kind of figuring out how to play with each other that continuity thing that we're talking about is the exact opposite of what they're going through there with pg and russell westbrook and, and Mello not really being able to find who has the hot hand down the stretch, who should be taking the shots. Uh, and, and, and Portland, meanwhile, you know, Mo Harkless may be complaining about the three guys taking the shots, but you know damn well who's taking the shots on this team. And so I think it's a good thing. I think the pecking order is good for Portland. And I think that the, the fact that they've established that and that they've established this defense has been good. Uh, we'll see Pat Connaughton start again in this game. Hopefully he can knock down some shots, maybe play a little better defense. He's, he's a little undersized at the three, but, uh, you know, against Otto Porter for, for the Wizards. So that should be an interesting matchup. I'm still, I would still be, that's a little weird that Harkless isn't going to start against Otto Porter, but uh you know Pat's gonna get the first shot and and why not I guess you know Terry again to the Carlisle thing he's just like you know what you're gonna play we're gonna give you a shot and and we're not gonna we're not gonna you know dance around this and have a lot of drama and I think that's that's Stotts's way of of kind of quelling it is like all right put up or shut up and so uh I, I I think uh it it's a really good time for the Blazers right now they're having a great start to the season and they have a great opportunity against the wizards without john wall to get another victory on this east coast road trip so we're going to wrap this edition of locked on blazers up here please subscribe to the podcast on itunes or apple Podcasts, whatever they call it these days uh stitcher we're on panoply these days on megaphone uh it's our new distributor shout out to megaphone and uh anywhere you can get a podcast locked on blazers is there So we will be back with you after Saturday's game, after the Civil War. Go Ducks. And we will talk to you after the Wizards game. Until next time.